your mind. Herr Dr. Von Verlock here. And you were listening to Planet Verlock Psionics Podcast. Lords and ladies, welcome to my show. Tonight, we're talking about psionics, the fantasy that became a reality. What is psionics? Well, it is psychic electronics, but there is also another definition for psionics, which is simply thus, mind over matter, omitting the ritual aspects of magic. That is, direct willpower applied to change conformity and reality to the will of the operator. You think, therefore you are. And that's where it begins. But for the majority of us, psionics does mean mind and machine. But it is also applied will and focus. It begins simple and easy by bypassing traditional systems such as ritual magic. It does not require expensive materials to create magic, nor does it require rare components, which are often very expensive, to operate the so-called occult powers. In some ways, psionics is the scientific man's approach to working magic and miracle working. Yet, we do not have to be scientifically minded to work psionics of any kind. A little imagination and the willingness to practice is all we need. Now, in our work, we are technicians exploring how mind and various simple instruments can and indeed do influence reality. Uh, As a philosophy, psionics is about making our lives better. That's the bottom line. We want to make our lives better by working with easy and effective magic machines and simple patterns or everyday items that we can apply our focused concentration to. Now, the fundamental requirement of psionics is indeed truly minimal. Basic meditation. A basic understanding of dowsing. Now, dowsing You're all familiar with meditation, I'm sure, but dowsing is simply posing questions to our subconscious or psychic mind by means of a very simple instrument that we call a pendulum. And this is how it begins. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with this term, a pendulum is simply a pointed weight on a length of string. This could be a key on a length of string or a child's play top on a length of string, or a chain. A crystal on a chain can work as well. The philosophy of psionics is founded on a principle underlying fact that in the world of ever-changing politics, environmental hazards, religious extremism, and new technology, looks like just about every day there's new technological advances, there seems at a glance that there is no foundation upon which to make sense of who we are as human beings, where we come from, and where we're going. How psionics solves this problem of no common grounds is very simple. In our time, 
the individual is more important than he or she has ever been before in our entire history. Though we're led to believe the contrary by popular news and what is fashionably acceptable. But we are not about what is fashionably acceptable. Psionics allows for humans to have a direct and private spiritual mental experience with their higher self in the privacy of one's own home. There is no need to interpret this knowledge because this knowledge is not being interpreted by a priest or a minister. Uh, the knowledge is presented to us, to the operator, as a direct and personal, albeit private, spiritual and mental experience that many will call magic because, well, frankly, there's really no scientific grounds for how psionics works. Not entirely. But I'll digress on this point and move forward to what is of immediate importance for us to understand. Everything that we have today that makes life better, mostly, is essentially evolved from man's tools going back to primitive times, to the Stone Age, perhaps. It may have begun with learning to rub two sticks together. The Flintstones, yes. Well, man made fire, right? The gift of Prometheus is at the core of our evolution throughout the centuries of our history. Therefore, I am suggesting that our foundation for common grounds does indeed lie within the education and understanding of our technology. But real science, how psionics makes this all very useful, very interesting, and actually quite fun, is that psionics follows just about any technology in parallel to its development in, in the present time. Moving forward or backwards, we can use psionics with technology. What this means is that there will always be new means, a wide variety of, actually, of working with psionics. Already, practitioners of magic in many circles are working with the digital arts, computer graphics, apps on our smartphones. I did a video about dowsing with your smartphone on YouTube. I mean, think about it. What one device does just about everyone on the planet have in their hand at any given time? Well, if you guessed a smartphone, you're not wrong. And these phones, some of these phones, are more powerful than the old school laptop computers. I mean, my iPhone 12 Pro Max can operate, download, upload, calculate, browse the web, for information faster than my old desktop computer. It even sometimes outperforms my MacBook. But the case in point here is that our tools, our technology, extends our ability. Thus, if we're going to be practicing magic at all, it might as well be psionics. Society is built upon layers upon layers of humanity's contribution, of people's ideas, their insights, inventions, and of course, our modern-day innovations. I believe there was a story 
Oh, I read about it long ago, about a female basketball player who influenced the binary operating system in computers, whereby when she would score a ball in the basket, that would indicate a 1, and when she would miss, that would indicate a 0. So we had the concept of binary operating systems. And that's one story I've heard. Off subject, uh, there's this little sort of, uh, not really a ritual. It's kind of like a ritual I do. We have this old computer, and sometimes it won't start up. So I'll touch the computer, and I'll say aloud, Tesla. And I kid you not, the computer starts up every time I do that. Same thing with the old car I had. The, the AC didn't work. I would touch the dashboard and say, Tesla. And you know, by this very simple acceptance of magic and technology working hand in hand, our lives transform so incredibly that one day it feels as if we've leapt off the pages of a comic book and then our lives are never the same again. That is psionic power. It is a power that fundamentally transforms our belief which thereby extension transforms what we can and will actually be capable of achieving with our minds. And often it really is that simple. Now, I'm going to talk about the fun aspects of this podcast tonight. We're going to delve into the influences of fantasy. Well, fantasy is important because the term psionics was indeed born from the pages of science fiction. I think it may have started with a man by the name of E.E. E. Doc Smith, a food engineer who was also an author who became known as the father of space opera. And he may indeed be the very first author to put into print the use of the word psionics in his sci-fi trilogy, The Skylark of Space. And that reference to psionics is indeed clear in his third and final volume on The Skylark of Space. And that book is called Skylark Duquesne. I highly recommend reading that book for everyone who is an enthusiast of psionics. Another influence might be Star Trek. Uh, the character Q, who could teleport anywhere in the universe and materialize just about anything, speed up uh, or turn back the clock of time. Well, Star Trek is set in the future where we would all like to be that is, exploring the universe as one prosperous humanity. But as a matter of course, this would require the end of a war on planet Earth. As it is, <laughs> it goes without saying. Star Wars. George Lucas was indeed a gifted genius. And he gave unto us an understanding of something that is the omnipresent life force throughout the galaxy 
and in every living thing, that this force both commands and responds to commands, and that is indeed fundamental to psionics. A modern variant of psionics might be the film Alita Battle Angel, produced or released in 2019, I believe. It's about a cyborg female who's fighting against a technocracy, and she can generate a blue plasma energy from her advanced nanotech cyborg body, seemingly by will of her mind alone. There we go again, mind over matter, right? Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the term technocracy, the definition of it by Patrick Wood, the editor-in-chief at technocracy.news, I recommend following his newsletter, is quite different from that given by Google, Siri, or I forget that other one that's out there. Uh, the mainstream definition is quite different. Patrick Wood states something to the effect of that a technocracy means, essentially, science is God and scientists are its priest. Well, Alita is the character in that film, Alita Battle Angel, a cyborg female who is fighting a battle independently, all by herself, against a powerful technocracy. By the way, the actress who starred in that film, her name is Rosa Salazar, she has a birthday coming up on July 16th, so happy birthday, Rosa Salazar. She performed with astonishing realism a very human and compassionate cyborg character in the film Alita Battle Angel which is set in, the theme of it is set in a distant future that is a very inhuman cyborg technocracy dystopia. So if you watch that film, you're really going to fall in love with the character. It's a wonderful film. And again, there is sort of a hint at psionics in that film as well in a number of ways. But I won't spoil it for you. Go watch the film. Alita Battle Angel. A-L-I-T-A, -A, Battle Angel. Another modern film I recently saw was Godzilla vs. Kong. In that film, the, vil uh, the villain uses psionics to interface with a robot titan or a cyborg monster. And he does this by way of wearing an electronic helmet. Hmm. Hence that psionics right there. There's also the term psionics is used by a character in the film who's a podcaster. <laughs> a lot of interesting coincidences in this film. I jotted these down. All manner of keywords that are very close to things I've mentioned in my own podcast, oddly enough. And there's a part in the film that may even hint at necromancy, indeed psionic necromancy, I kid you not. There's a dead monster in the film, and its skull is connected to all these wires, 
And what happens in the film, I am kind of spoiling the film for you, but this is too important to pass up. This monster's soul or disembodied personality somehow travels through the wiring from the skull through the wiring and hacks its way into the monster cyborg, displaces the human operator and assumes control of that cyborg by basically possession, psionic possession. So that was very, you know, a very entertaining film with some good humor in it. Godzilla vs. Kong, recommend you go see it. Uh, getting back to other influences of fantasy for psionics, we can trail influences early back to the author Philip K. Dick, especially in his short story, Ubik, U-B-I-K, where he wrote of the use of psionics, including mega corporations employing powerful psychics to perform operations of murder, spying, espionage, and terrorism. Well, quite frankly, a lot of the things Philip K. Dick wrote about, uh, people thought he was deranged and crazy, but unfortunately, a lot of what he predicted has come true in our contemporary times, and it is evolving faster and faster as we speak. Another prolific writer, um, a great visionary, was How uh, Howard Philip Lovecraft, HPO. He wrote stories involving the exploration of the invisible world. Um, once upon a time, he wanted to be an astronomer. Uh, he didn't really like all the mathematics involved in astronomy. He was far better as a writer and as an academic, a scholar, self-taught scholar. And he looked out into the cosmos as an astronomer, um, as an amateur astronomer. And at some point, I think he saw cosmic horror and terror. So he wrote about this in his many stories, including supernatural creatures which could, or who could, influence the dreams of men by mere will alone. Now that sounds a lot like psionic power to me. You know, fantasy influence aside, there are quite real scientific influences for modern-day psionics. One of which is the Dr. Albert Abrams, who during his time discovered that diseases or imbalances in the human body were somehow electric, or what he believed to be electric, and resonated in measurable frequency. He worked with instruments which could detect cancerous tumors in patients with a drum-tapping instrument and an electrode attached to the body of the patient and conveyed through another instrument by cable or something along those lines. But he's not the only one. There was the researcher Wilhelm Reich. He discovered what is called orgone energy. And then, of course, its opposite, deadly orgone, also known as DOR, D-O-R. 
He believed orgone to be the life-giving energy of the universe. Now that's something very close to the concept of the Force from Lucas's fantasy film Star Wars. Um, unfortunately, Wilhelm Reich died before serving his two-year sentence in federal prison of heart failure. Dr. David Tansley. He was a dowser who crafted radionics with aesthetics clearly in mind. He sort of thought outside of the box. <laughs> yeah, pun intended right there. I know everybody in his nephew out there in the field of radionics builds radionic boxes, but David Tansley built some of the most beautiful radionic boxes in the history of radionics. Now, his work was primarily concerned with healing, if my memory serves me well, uh, but he has influenced the works of such uh, prestigious thinkers as Charles Casamano, of course, some of my own personal crafts at home. We also have the American inventor Thomas Galen Hieronymus, inventor of machines that could analyze minerals and probably influenced later works in the field of radionics and psychotronics. I say probably, but it's more most likely. Uh, more than we'd like to admit, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, many of us working psionic magic today are familiar with the Hieronymus circuit, which is a simple two-dimensional drawing, basically of a radio transmitter. And that works, that two-dimensional drawing works nearly as well as a physical three-dimensional radionic box. Now, influences of magic. Yes, the occult influences. I think one of the most frightening influences of psionics comes from the fraternity of the Brotherhood of Saturn developed possibly the very first death ray, referred to as the Tepaphone. I believe this piece of rather dark historical engineering takes us as far back as maybe 1943. And there is a very dark history tied in there to the time of the Nazis occupying Germany and World War II. But I will digress on that point in tonight's podcast and save that for another time. Legendary Godfather of Psionics. His name is Charles W. Cosimano. He was my teacher some 30 years ago. He was the author published by Llewellyn many years ago. And he was the first person I know of to transcend the fantasy concept of psionics into the actual and complete magical system of psionics, a methodology. And at a later point, he developed an entire philosophy about psionics. Of course, uh, my personal philosophy of psionics is 
quite a bit different from my former mentor. Uh, but that is where I began some 30 years ago. Of course, we have, as I've said, my work in the Verloc New Thought Movement and Psionic Brotherhood. We have the works of Joshua P. Warren, a paranormal investigator, also known as the Wizard of Weird, and host on Coast to Coast podcast. It's called Strange Things. Recommend you check him out on iTunes. There is also Dr. Mulder, who creates and handcrafts his own radionic boxes for sale. Recommend you check him out. You know, folks, if you want to get to know our circle of people and what we do, I recommend you go see the movie Wishmasters. I'll put a link in on the podcast. That's a film we did. Uh, we filmed from 5 p.m. until 5 a.m. the next day, but the film was edited and put together by Joshua P. Warren and compressed into 16 minutes, and that is no small feat. It is a great film. I recommend you go watch it. It's absolutely free at wishmastersmovie.com. Again, I'll put the link in the podcast. Yeah, so there's us uh, younger fellows here continuing the work of uh, Charles Cosimano and other prestigious thinkers in radionics and psychotronics. Well, okay, maybe we're not so young anymore. <laughs> and uh, there's always new thinkers coming out uh, with new means of psionics. Uh, currently, we are the leaders in psionics, Verloc, Joshua Warren, Dr. Mulder, Charles Cosmano, and myself. And we're taking psionics and radionics into a whole new universe. So here we are in the spotlight. Those of you familiar with my work already know something about psionic splicing, psionic tethering, psionic robots, and my new works. Of course, I do teach beginners of psionics as well in my club it's called verloc.club where you are welcome to come and apply for a membership okay ladies and gentlemen future projects with verloc we are exploring comic books we've been working on a graphic novel for a couple years off and on it's a lot of work uh, music definitely you know we're interested in cinematic musical for the verloc character and i am always merge these with my podcast i enjoy everything from classical to techno music and this is an element as i said that i find really attractive and enjoyable in my own podcast film yes it is probably the most understandable form of communication with our friends on the internet today and i have a lot of ideas for film, but we are going to get there as we can. So, I look forward to building a series of films someday, I hope, about the magical world of Dr. Verloc and friends, and hope that you will follow along, uh, contribute, make a donation, help us get there, Verloc.com, subscribe to our newsletter, and find out more about the mystical and magical journey that we're all taking apart in the world of psionics with Verloc and friends. So this wraps up my podcast for this evening. Thank you for being great friends of Verloc and wonderful supporters of my work. 
And until next time, as always, always keep the magic high. This is Air Doctor Von Vrilock signing out. <laughs>